It's been a while since Mr. Levine's been on our show. Gotta get him, get him back on since he uh, plays a little golf. Welcome back, everyone. Living the Good Life Show live here from Dallas, Texas. And, um, man, I don't know where to begin. Well, first off, let's uh, bring on our weekly guest, the guru himself, when it comes to sports gambling, particularly when it comes to throwing that rock too brian kramer the sports gambling podcast how you doing man well well i mean our new york football giants now have a (laughs) franchise quarterback so i I guess you either love it or hate it but i'm feeling pretty good you know i guess we could start with that i mean it's it's like uh we're witnessing a lot of mixed reviews people are talking smack people are congratulating the uh, g-men Look, at, I've always been the guy, the kind of guy who says, that's just a lot of money. That's just a lot of money, whether it was Mahomes or Mike Trout in baseball. Of course, baseball is all guaranteed. But here's the thing. I mean, that is a lot of dough. But I always tell, like, people who are just straight-up haters, okay? Daniel Jones wasn't given the rightful opportunity. You know, he gets drafted. All these guys, you know, you get drafted either crappy teams um, or you get drafted, and it takes a while to actually give you know give yourself the opportunity to show who you are. Like Daniel Jones came to the Giants with no offensive line, you know, hardly anything really to take advantage of. Now you give him that Brian Dable, the new coach, the new environment of just pretty good talent. I think um, it's only going to get better. But look what he did, man. I don't know. Yeah, and it's, it, it seems like it's turned into this weird argument where because Daniel Jones got paid and Lamar Jackson didn't get paid, you know, Daniel Jones, a.k.a. Dan Jones, is somehow the, responsible for that. I think when you look at this, it's very simple. Uh, the Giants were in a tough situation. They obviously declined the 50-year option, and then because they had a great coaching staff and because Dan Jones finally took to that coaching, we had, we had a great year. Uh, yeah. There was a playoff victory in there on the road. Uh, they made the play. This is a team that was winning five games every year. So mm-hmm. uh, put the, put the front office in a tough spot. Here's my take on it. I, I'm not going to pretend to know more about football than Brian Dable. And I watched like clearly Brian Dable, Mike Kafka. These guys know how to coach. They want this guy back. I don't believe that ownership meddled in this process. I certainly think John Mara, you know, vouching for Dan Jones helps Dan Jones. But I think at the end of the day, this is a, a, hey, Brian, you're my boy. I came here as the GM. I hired you. Is this the guy that's going to win us the Super Bowl? And he said yes. And that's staring down the barrel of a quarterback class that it seems like there are question like there are things you can say positively and negative about all the guys. And so I think a lot of the hate comes from the fact that it's 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 just a big number, like you said, to start with. And I think it, if you put it into context a little bit, it's a quarterback. Quarterbacks are scarce. They're really important. And at the end of the day, that's going to drive up the middle class. Now, once some of these guys get their contract, Lamar Jackson, 
uh, Trevor or Joe Burrow, uh, Tua, maybe not Justin Herbert. Once some of these guys get paid, Jalen Hurts, you're going to see this contract settle in for Dan Jones right around 12 or 13 hmm. overall in the league in terms of really? value. So if we frame it up like that, like by the time we're taking snaps next year for football, Dan Jones's contract will put him just outside the top 10 quarterbacks. Okay. It doesn't seem that egregious when you're making it a conversation about relative value. Now, obviously, building through a rookie quarterback and having all that extra money matters, but I think at the end of the day, the one thing all these these football spreadsheet nerds and 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 these these cap nerds are are unaware of is yeah. the idea of building a team that has culture and 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 winning. And when you build this, quickly change the culture because you brought in new co- coaches, and the coaches are like, well, Dan Jones and Saquon Barkley are a lot to do with why the culture changed. I think there's this kind of under this, this off the field value where that, you know, maybe, maybe they saw the way Dan Jones works and they're like, you know what? We don't want to risk it with our quarterback position. We, we have our guy. And so I, I think it's fun to hear the hate. It's fun to hear people not understand how the salary cap works. And it's fun to hear people not be super aware of how much bad quarterbacks make and right. how much mid, middle-class quarterbacks make. And I think, you know, if you, if you came to me and say, Hey, your franchise for the next four years is going to be quarterbacked by Dan Jones or Derek Carr, who has got very similar deals here. 100 times out of 100, I'm taking Dan Jones. So I, I don't hate the deal. No, I don't hate the deal either. I hate Colin Coward, though. This, uh, <laughs> Colin, you just one of, the, one of the few that are just talking smack, Colin Daniel Jones below average, you know, quality, which is absurd. Of because of what he did just this past year. Now I think he's combining all of these years that he's been there as a New York Giant, but I, I tend not to even go there. But maybe that's just me giving Daniel a little bit more benefit um, uh, before I just talk smack and, and trash him because I think he's got such great potential. He actually shows more than, in my opinion, some of the guys who just signed. You know, we're talking about Derek Carr, right? Geno Smith just yeah. signed. Um, uh, Lamar got obviously tagged, um, but those are the few right there. There's going to be some more deals that come through very soon. But, like, I think Daniel really stands at the top of this list. Now, look, at Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, but he got tagged, and there's still a lot of, like, things to really figure out there. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. So, I don't know why. I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm really passionate about it. I, I, I don't want to – I hope this works out for the Giants. I definitely see the potential. Um Talk about the cap, though, or the cap space with the Giants on how they actually did this because they tagged Saquon Barkley, which, you know, allows for some things to happen now. Yeah, so I I mean, honestly, the scariest part about Dan Jones' negotiations were, were that if he, if Dan Jones gets the franchise tag, that means Saquon Barkley doesn't. And I think, you know, some Giants fans were probably like, good, I hope that happens. I, d- I don't want to hold on to these guys. But again, this coaching staff, very close to the front office, they're saying these are the guys. Like, these guys are worth investing in. We see the way they work every day. We, they, we see the way they lead this team. And mm-hmm. so by signing Dan Jones, the first thing that does is it allows you to manipulate his cap hit. So the way they, they, they finagle a lot of these is they, they reduce the, the year one cap hit. So instead of having that franchise tag, in theory, cap hit of $32 million, or the average contract layman might think $40 million if you look at the average annual value, which is also incorrect, 
they drop his cap hit down to 19 million. So this allows them to then also then franchise Saquon Barkley. Now, worst case scenario, you now have your quarterback and your running back under that $32 million cap number. Now, really what the, the franchise tag does for Saquon is he's still available on the open market. No different than when we were talking about Lamar, right? Uh-huh. This is one of those unexclusive. So he can go out there, get a contract if a team feels like they want to give up first round picks, which they won't. Now, I don't think really he wants to the, leave, by the way. I don't think he wants to No, leave. What, what this allows is the Giants, it gives them more time. Yeah. They now have until June to, to get a long-term yeah. deal wrapped up. And honestly, there's no leverage for Saquon. If if the reports are accurate and they offered him 12 and a half and he turned that down, well, the franchise tag is going to be 10 this year. It's going to be like 12 next year. Uh-huh. So you, you, you don't have a ton of bargaining power, and I think Saquon – you know, there is this culture piece of this, too. You don't want to treat one of your team leaders and captains, a guy that the young people look up to, uh, like this type of asset. But also, this is kind of the statement of, like, look, we want to sign you to this three-year deal. Just we can't go any higher than this number. So I think what it's done is it's allowed the Giants to kind of first wave of spending. Obviously, they spent a little bit on re-signing uh, middle linebacker Jared Davis. They spent a little bit on signing Isaiah Hodgins a little bit back. But – uh, those couple signings have now have now dropped their cap number uh, to 18 million of free cap space. Now, of course, they're going to restructure Leonard Williams. That's going to free up some cap space. Uh, I don't think the Kenny Galladay uh, move has actually been like finalized, and so it's not hitting the cap yet. But but it will. And I think the next thing you're going to see is between the Leonard Williams restructure, uh-huh. I think we're going to see a, a signing of some more players uh-huh. on their current roster. They, they named a couple guys by name of like, you know, we got to go out there. We got to look at guys like Sterling Shepard, guys like Darius Slayton. So it does seem like they're, and Joe Shane has made comments about, Hey, I like re-signing players. A, it sets a very good tone for what you want to be as an organization. And B, you don't have any question marks about how hard they work. You don't, you don't have any question marks about their off field uh, you know, prowess, their business acumen, all of that stuff is is known. And so I think no you're going to start to see them now invest in some of their own guys. And then as a fan, hmm. I'm still hoping for some sort of maneuver to get a receiver in here. Well, you know, um, this, you know, will continue the conversation with the Giants, but I think it actually, uh, it, it kind of focuses on just the offseason and free agency a little bit here. You know, the needs obviously with the Giants, certainly I think their defense is on a, on a, on a great, you know, road right now, um, and they've done some good things there. They really, in my opinion, needs uh, maybe one or two more weapons. You talk about re-signing guys in-house, but if you, if you look at the free agency market, okay, um, there are some guys now who are looking for homes, and we're talking about, I mean, guys who some of the teams really depended on, and now we're, these teams are letting them go. I mean, I'm talking to guys like, you know, Mike Gusecki and you got like uh, Dalton Schultz. I know these are tight ends, but Dalton Schultz, I mean, he was like a crutch. In fact, he's still Dak Prescott's crutch. I don't even understand what Dak's going to do without the guy. But, you know, there's guys like this. You've got Juju Smith, Schuster out there, and a few others. I don't know what's going to happen with them. O- Odell's still out there. You know, what do you think's going to happen with any of these uh, stars? Well, I do think there's actual smoke with Odell and the New York Giants. Um, you know, it does sound like there's some belief in the front office that he still has it, and there is some interest from Odell to kind of bring the band back together. 
Uh, if if you if you've watched, I mean, I do believe one thing about Odell. I do think his time in other franchises made him appreciate his time with the Giants. If you didn't see the NFL Players Association put out a survey uh, by the players on the teams, and the Giants, kind of surprising to me, they sh- the Giants came in overall as the number eight franchise, and it was taking a look at like how good are the facilities, how mm-hmm. good are the the people, how good are the training staffs, and. And so that makes me believe that there's actual smoke there. As far as other guys out there, I think there's a lot. I, I think people are focused on the fact that there isn't that alpha. Hmm. And I think if you're the Giants, like, yeah, you need an alpha, but you also need to build out a receiver room so that David Sills isn't a part of it anymore. You know, we don't need to rely. <laughs> like, like Isaiah Hodgins and Sterling Shepard, if they're mm-hmm. going to re-sign Sterling on a vet minimum, like those guys are great to be in the room, but they don't need – they can be guys five and six. Right. And so – I think I think the important thing is to kind of go out and find those professional receivers. We talked about Robert Woods earlier. Forgot about or him. Previous weeks on this program, uh, guys like Alan Lazard, uh, guys who might not get those massive, massive is contracts. La- sorry to cut you off. Is Lazard a free agent? Lazard's a free Gosh, agent. I'm forgetting these guys. Well, that's the thing. It's just like the quarterbacks, where it's mm. like. The, the with the receivers it's quite the opposite the top guys get so overpaid that the middle class of receivers is often a value right and if you can drop yourself to, and sometimes it's pure they're purely middle class because they don't have those traits and i think when you're when you're when you again when you're a coach like brian dable and mike kafka you kind of believe in your ability to 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 have your scheme help with that and mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I i think through the draft we could see them take an undersized guy like zay flowers or jordan addison out of usc and i think you could see them complement with a more like outside receiver in free agency i mean a guy like alan lazard is a good example of someone who there's nothing exciting about that but he's going to come in and immediately be <laughs> one of the better receivers that we have on yeah. the team yeah uh you have i mean e- even e- even scrolling down the board to guys like zach pascal who played for the the eagles last year like there are there are players out there that will fill a brashard perryman and marquise goodwin for speed like there are free agents out there that paris campbell former first round pick so i'm i'm kind of intrigued to see how they bargain shop i do think joe shane's going to do a little bit of that and then i think I'm still banking on the fact that there's there's something happening with the first and second or second round pick, whether it's draft or trade. But I do think they're still bringing in a, what about a, D- a quote stud. What about DJ Chark? That's a good one. I like that. I, I mean, I think he's, he's always he's forever a guy yeah. I've I've liked and thought he's been underrated. I think he's a little one dimensional, okay. and that's why you see him on these teams kind of have a role and then you know one year stopgap but okay. i'll still not forget that game before nick nick Foles popped his collarbone for the jags dj chark was having an excellent game a couple seasons back so i mean he's a great and then and then you have to you have to talk about it mike evans chris godwin they might be made available by the bucks again we've talked about deandre Jeez. hopkins potentially being made available i mean for me if, if chris godwin's available like that's an interesting piece for me he's a penn state guy uh he he's he's on a, he's got a couple years left on his contract like he and he kind of feels like he could fit the dable system a nice big power slot guy like that <laughs> let's uh switch it up a little bit here um with now seeing that Derek carr has chosen louisiana um interesting enough uh, I thought it was going to go a different route. Now, you've got Aaron Rodgers talking to the Jets this week. And some of the rumors where there's smoke, maybe there's fire. But Jimmy Garoppolo possibly going to Las Vegas. I mean, you know, how do you go from Derek Carr to Jimmy G? Like, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm missing something here. 
But I just feel like Derek Carr is a little bit more talented. But I could be wrong. But there, there are some pieces here that are being that were that I think are going to be coming together, probably in the next week or so. What's the it next does. thing? What's the next thing? Yeah. So the Carr domino is interesting because I think. It, not to say that that was an easy prediction, but it kind of made sense that the Saints were going to bring in kind of an un- unexciting old guy to be their quarterback <laughs> because they just continue to try to compete. I, I saw this nugget. It blew me away. They have not used the first or second round pick on a quarterback since 71 when they drafted Archie Manning. So this is a team that has just and, – and, and shout out to their fans because they do they do tend to compete. They're generally better than they are not, and so – uh, that was obvious, although I, as a Jameis Winston fan, I, I do want to know what he did to that franchise, that they just put him in the, put him in the closet and never let him out. Uh, as far as the next domino, it's, got, it's obviously Aaron Rodgers. Okay. And I think it, you're starting to see real reports that he is going to go. I think he's intrigued by the, the idea of going to New York, and I think the Jets obviously want to have him. After that, I think you're right to to point out, like, to me, Jimmy G is an interesting piece because I think, you know, what are the Raiders going to do if they don't take Jimmy G? Obviously, the relationship there between McDaniels and Garoppolo from back in the New England days, so I understand why. But to your point, aren't they the same thing? If anything, Jimmy they G is like the a same. Point. They're poor man. I mean, they're they're both uh, relatively good looking quarterbacks. That <laughs> they're not gonna they're not gonna win you too many games. They hardly uh, run, uh, right? Yeah, they're they're kind of like old school guys. They're yeah, probably not gonna. You know, they're not they're not gonna win or lose you too many games. But I don't think they provide that incredible ceiling. And if in Jimmy G's case, like I know we think about him as a, a, a successful quarterback in the league, but he has had some bad bad moments. And uh-huh. there's a reason why the 49ers drafted Trey Lance and drafted Brock Purdy. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I but I do like that uh, for him to land there in Vegas. And then after that, you you got to wonder, you know, what are teams like Atlanta and Tennessee doing? Right. Are they are they really like this is now back to back years where I believe the largest quarterback cap hit in the in the league will be Ryan Tannehill at like just short of 40 million. Uh, Yeah, that fabulous work with the contract there, guys. And you're hearing that they're trying to trade Derrick Henry, too. So could Ryan Tannehill be a cap casualty? And then they're in the quarterback market. You have uh, Atlanta, who, of course, waived Mariota. Uh, they have Desmond Ritter, who didn't look horrible, but it sounds like they're very much in the quarterback market. And then, of course, you have, circling all the way back, you have, who like, is someone going to come after Lamar? Is is the league just trying to make a statement here saying, hey, we're not going to do guaranteed contracts anymore? Uh-huh. And that's all this is, and that's why teams are like, we're not interested in Lamar. Like, come on. Every team is interested in Lamar. This is ridiculous. Or is this the fact that Lamar refuses to hire an agent and he's losing his own business here because he doesn't yeah, know get how that. himself. Well, and I don't what think is he enough doing? people. I don't think enough people are are give, giving him the trust. Like he's not getting held accountable for this because I think on one hand, you know, we've seen players represent themselves when they're veterans and they understand that their contract is pretty much going to be structured like it's structured. I've heard people make the argument that Lamar doesn't need an agent because he wants a guaranteed contract. So just bring him a guaranteed contract, and that's that. My thing is that I think, A, it's very it's much easier to negotiate with an agent who isn't the player. When the player is the agent, it's hard to tell the, the agent that the player might not be good in these areas, and it might create some <laughs> weird friction. And quite frankly, this could – I mean, you, you've worked you've, – everyone's had a job where it's like that guy's hard to work with. Yeah. And then the word gets around that that guy's hard to work with. And maybe this other – 
you know, department doesn't want that guy because he's difficult to work with. And I think when you're representing yourself, you're just making it harder. I mean, we've heard yeah. the reports that he missed out on a big shoe deal because he doesn't have representation. And while, yeah, the, it sounds like the Players Association is helping him out, it does – I think where he's losing out is not so much with the negotiations with the Ravens, but finding out, like, understanding, like, oh, this team is willing to come get you and and, and positioning yourself in that way. And so – I think it's interesting. Again, it seems like Dan Jones kind of became the target because he got the deal and Lamar didn't. But it, it, it's interesting to, to see how Lamar is not being held accountable. And I think bottom line, like wherever he lands, I think that could potentially shake some stuff up. Although the teams we're discussing, like Atlanta has said they're not interested. Like that seems crazy to me. Uh, my, my, my dark horse prediction for Lamar, I, although I do think he comes back to Baltimore, Think about this. We've discussed Dan Snyder in the past. Dan Snyder hates all the other owners. He would love to piss them off by fully guaranteeing a quarterback contract and then dishing <laughs> off first-round picks and not caring because he's going to sell the team in six months. So I actually think like, if I was going to take, take a swing at this, I think betting on the commanders right now to win the division or betting on Lamar to end up on Washington at like five to one, they're 10 to one to win the division. I think that he could end up in the division. It will terrify me as a giants fan. I, I would definitely don't want this to happen, but what other owner is going to no. step out and, and piss off all the other 32? Although the giants did kind of embarrass Lamar That's Jackson true. this past year. Uh, That's you know, right. it's pretty interesting when you're not the most accurate quarterback and you rely a lot on your legs, but then you've, you know, the Giants defense looks pretty money and I got to give it up to Wink Martindale, man. You just don't know what he's going to bring, you know, and I think uh, I think uh, I, I'm just excited for the future. But a lot of great takes there, uh, Ryan. Obviously, I'm looking forward to what's to develop over the next uh, seven to ten days. We'll probably get more into it. Um, but yeah, man, great takes as always. Appreciate you joining the show this morning and um any any last shockers before we end this? What what anything that's going to shock us in the next day or two? Come on, give it to me. Oh, I, I mean, honestly, I think the shocker could be a Lamar. I think we might have some crazy. I think there's we're, there's so much news about teams not wanting Lamar. I think we might hear about Lamar. Okay, like getting having conversations with the team, and of course, the Aaron Rodgers. The the dark the, the darkness retreat officially ends. He signs with the Jets in the next couple of days. Done deal. Sports Gambling Podcast. Check it all out. Ryan Kramer, thanks again, man. Appreciate it. Cheers.